everybody. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And this is the Coffee and Capes podcast. We are two enthusiasts who enjoy drinking and talking about coffee and love consuming and talking about geek culture. That's true. We really, really do. We're like 15 episodes in. I believe this is episode number 15. Yes. Yeah. If you put that into a timeline, we've done one a week for 15 weeks, missed one week. So like four months. Yeah. We've been doing it four months now. I believe we have. Yeah. Nice. And people are still listening to us. I know. It's amazing. It's ridiculous. Thank you, everybody, for listening yeah. to us. We really appreciate that. <laughs> I can't believe so, it. <laughs> of course we can believe it because this is very fun. <laughs> true, Who doesn't want to have fun? Yes. All the terrible things going on in the world right now, it's a, you know, we try to provide a little bit of a respite from that and just have some fun. Yeah, true. So you have found us in whatever way you are listening or watching us at the moment, but John, let's go through the rundown. How can people connect with us? Yeah. So first of all, guys, like, please uh, send us emails if you have questions, thoughts, or you can message us uh, via Instagram, you can message us on Facebook. Um, but if you do email us, it's supers at coffeeandcapes.com. Remember, it's always the word coffee, the letter N, the word capes. It's not an and. There's no A or D. Uh, so coffeeandcapes.com, supers at coffeeandcapes.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, we tried to start being a little bit more active on Twitter with just posting episodes there. Uh, we're on the YouTube. So if you if you follow us on YouTube, hello. Um, you always get a little hint as to what we're going to be talking about if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks to our backgrounds. And uh, yeah, we actually, um, in a couple months, we'll have a website. So you can go in and find all the episodes on the website as well, coffeeandcapes.com. It's not live yet. So if you go there, it's just going to tell you it's not live yet. We'll save you. We'll save you the step on that. Yeah, we'll save. You, we'll, we'll let you know though when it's when it's live. So in the meantime, like, drop us a line. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify podcasts. Uh, we're all over the podcast world. Stitcher. Do us, we're on Stitcher. Yeah, we're on Stitcher. Do us a favor. Drop us. Uh, like, give us a review. Um, we'd love to hear kind of what your thoughts are. So you can rate us on the star scale. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have the same rating scale that we have. And uh, you can leave us a review. We'll read your reviews online too. We actually have, after we talk about our coffee, we have a new segment we're going to add in really quick. New segment. Ooh, foreshadowing right there. That was great. Yeah, that was good. That was a tease. Uh, but nice tease. Nicely done. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Dave, coffee. What coffee are you drinking today? I am enjoying a cup of caribou blend in my in my coffee mug today i it, it's true i actually i have a starbucks mug so i'm it's kind of weird and worlds are colliding here john that's yeah, good I'm drinking some caribou coffee in my starbucks mug but boy do i love me some caribou i uh i've been i've said that before on the pod here i believe but um let me see let me give you it's the caribou blend smooth and classic uh i do love their little tagline of life is short stay awake for it that's pretty great oh that's a good tagline i like that one yeah and uh, I appreciate that Caribou Coffee is always uh, Rainforest Alliance certified 100%. It's, you know, small batch roasted. Certified kosher parve. I don't honestly know what that means, but I have no idea. But it's on the bag there. So there you go. 
and right. I enjoy it very much. How about you? What do you? What kind of coffee are you having? Uh, if you're watching us and you can see my mug, uh, it's Black Rifle Coffee Company mug. I've talked about these guys before, but today I have there it is the Freedom Fuel. Um, Freedom Fuel is a heavy-bodied roast with a kick of freedom. It is a dark roast. I really enjoy their coffee. Um, and I like the fact that as a, as a veteran, you know, they're supporting veteran communities and uh, they actually try to hire a lot of veterans, which is really nice as well. So, but they do make a phenomenal coffee. And as always, I have um, some kind of creamer in here, which makes some people cringe and that's okay. You don't have to like it. And, uh, you know, Ladybird Provisions Coffee Mom. We do appreciate the, some Ladybird for our Provisions Coffee Bombs. Those are really yummy. Yes. All right. Dave, we have a new segment we're going to do really quick. We are trying out a new segment. We're going to, at least a uh, working title here is the Fan Fiction Segment. John, yeah. what do you got for us for Fan so, Fiction? Yeah, Fan Fiction, guys. Uh Basically, it's just we're going to read. Sometimes we're getting, you know, messages in about thoughts on episodes that we've done in the past, um, questions being posed. This one actually comes from Nicole at Lady Bird Provisions. And she wrote in and said, I had a question about the strongest there is episode 12. Y'all briefly talk about the Matrix in other episodes, but would that crossover universe count? Because Neo in the Matrix is the strongest and fastest with the ability to fly so I thought he should be a contender. I don't know how he would do against the Hulk, but he's basically Superman without a kryptonite, but not in the real world. So it's a weird gray area. Um, so we, we touch on this briefly and my take, well, Dave, your take first. Go well, ahead. I just, first I want to say, I love the way Nicole is thinking on that. That is a terrific question. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, clearly she gets us because that's that's exactly the kind of question that we geeks love to geek out roll on. around and geek out about. Yeah, exactly. That's mm -hmm. so great. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, it is interesting the way you put it earlier, John, was like the, the Matrix exists as a fictional universe in the midst of a, of a fictional universe. So if somehow, say, Bruce Banner could enter the world, the, quote, real world era of the Matrix, and then be jacked into the Matrix, would he have any powers? And I have to think not, but I don't know for sure. I don't know how that works exactly. Um, I, I, so I think, I think Nicole's probably right that in the world of the Matrix, Neo reigns supreme. However, uh, if you have seen Resurrections, the new Matrix 4 movie, which I don't know if we're going to do an official review of. Like, we should at some point. Yeah. I suppose. So I won't give away. But so I'll just say that there's another character who seems to have similar abilities to Neo. Yeah. How about is that is that? spoiler free yeah, enough not. yeah i think that's spoiler free um, so uh so i would say neo is no longer alone at the pinnacle of powers in the matrix yeah and, and i agree with that he's you know which means that it's he's he, he can be replicated 
his, mm. his powers can be replicated right by others whereas if you look at like the comics yes we've seen alternate versions of superman we've seen you know as far as the hulk goes you've got like the abomination you've got a number of others but there's really only one hulk um, there's really only the one like Superman, you know what I mean? Like yeah. every attempt, like I think Captain America is a good example of every attempt to replicate the super soldier serum has created like an offshoot, but never been able to replicate like the success of, of Steve Rogers. Right. Um, and I think too, with, and it's a great question, like from Nicole, it was a really good one. There's more to that, but it goes, uh, it would take us a lot more time to dive into it. But I think that to answer Nicole's question, in my opinion, I think that it, it doesn't like he's not on the same level because it's very dependent on where you are and Superman, Hulk, all those guys. Like if you put Neo into Marvel or DC or something like that, right? Unless he's able to jack in and pull everybody else in, he's he's not even close i mean even in the third matrix movie where he was blinded but he could see kind of the machines and impact the machines he still couldn't fly like yeah. he still didn't have like all of his abilities he had some weird telekinetic thing telekinetic connection with machines but I, it's not the same um so it's an interesting right interesting like thought process and i feel like it could take us down a rabbit hole but Hey, you know, I'd be curious to see what other people thought of it. Like yeah. the, the geek community and uh, is very adamant about sharing their thoughts too. And I love it. Like it right. sparks <clears throat> intense, long conversations. Um, so I'd love to hear what everybody else had to say. And, and I think a follow-up would be where does Agent Smith land on that yeah. hierarchy cool. of, of powers and strength in the Matrix? Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So great question, Nicole. That's the fan fiction segment. Um, let us know, guys, and please send in your your thoughts, questions. If you put them in comments, we'll pick something and we'll talk about it, you know, every episode and we record our episodes weekly. Yeah, we love all the interaction, you guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, tons, tons. Like we couldn't do this without you guys. I mean, we could, but, but it's a it's, lot, lot more fun. It's a lot more fun with with some interaction. So thanks for so, journeying along with us. Yeah um last week we did our spider-man no way home review yes uh, and you know this week obviously we're talking about something else this week it's time to discuss the six episode series on disney plus hawkeye yeah john overall impressions of hawkeye okay so in all fairness i have like a certain fanboy thing around hawkeye um and i always have i think it's because when i was a kid i really dug robin hood as a character so yeah. the idea that you could grab a bow and arrow and just like hold your own against anybody and you know kind of cool and um there have been some really epic runs in the comics around yes. hawkeye he's had some really cool evolutions you know there was a point in time where he led the avengers He's like, he's the human element of a team. He's, he really seems like the human element of more so than like anybody else, the human element of like being a hero. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, 
He's a lot more physically vulnerable than a lot of others. And I thought when they started kind of ramping up the young Avengers aspect, Kate Bishop was a fantastic addition. Yes. Um, and we've got to see her of all this as well in old man Hawkeye. Kate Bishop was still around and they had, you know, their interaction in that. But so I'm I'm a fan of the character. I also thought uh, Jeremy Renner was the great was a great selection to play Hawkeye. I thought he was underutilized and underrepresented early on, but they did a nice job in kind of evolving him and adding depth and showing how he was really kind of, if we think about like Age of Ultron, like he really did a lot to like save that team. Um, so I, I liked that. So I was excited for the series. Like, you know, I was cautiously optimistic though, because I figured we were due for maybe a letdown somewhere. Yeah, that's fair. And I thought the first episode was fun, but a little slow for me. Okay. Um, Hey, John, let me interrupt you. Pause and say, yeah, go ahead. Just as a reminder to everybody, uh, if you have not watched all of all mm. of uh, six episodes of Hawkeye, uh, this will not be spoiler free. <laughs> like we, as we said last week with Spider-Man and having other previous episodes, we are not capable nor interested in keeping spoilers <laughs> free. Right, uh, so yeah. uh, we're going to talk about all of it. So if you haven't watched it and want to maintain surprises, probably better to pause now. And come back to us when you're when you've watched it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Forewarned is fair warned, or mid warned is fair warned, warned, warned or something. Yeah. Um, yes. Good point. Good point. Thanks, Dave, for making that making <laughs> that call out because we will spoil everything. I'm thinking about a, about a dozen different things that I want to bring up, and all of them are spoilers. Yeah. Um, same. So, in order to like kind of cut this a little bit shorter, so we can get into some of those things that you want to talk about after the first I still watched after the first episode even though I felt it was a little slow I also felt like the first episode of uh Falcon and Winter Soldier was a little slow I always think the first episode is mm. a little slow okay um and then they gained steam really well yes like they do and Hawkeye did not disappoint did not disappoint I enjoyed there was so much humor I love the tracksuit bros they were hilarious. just a bro moving company that's just so a bro great. moving company it's they were so funny. so funny yes um i felt like hawkeye had more humor to it than some of the others in the past sure uh i thought the interaction between clint and um and uh, kate was like built in a believable way yeah and i thought uh kate the actress playing Kate Bishop. I can't remember her name right now. Haley Stein, yes. uh, Steinfeld. Steinfeld, thank you. Yes. I didn't know why I was thinking something else. Um, but Haley Steinfeld, I thought perfect Kate Bishop. Yeah, she. I think she gets the part. Well, obviously she got the part. I think she gets the character. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I, I liked the, the way that relationship developed was pretty good and it and it made sense that clint would be distrustful at first but pretty 
quickly comes to see her ability and certainly respects, I think, respects her uh, desire to do some good and to to use what she, to use her, not powers, but her, to use her skills uh, in this way. And and I, I've, I think even though the, the timeline of the show takes place over only a few days, I felt like they earned that trust that they got to at the end where, you know, he goes from, Clint goes from, we're not partners, we're not anything, get out of here to, hey, I'm your partner. Yeah. We're in this together. Yeah. And I, I, I think they earned it. Yes, I would, I would agree with you that they earned it. Like, she came to his aid despite him trying to brush her off like so many times and was just relentless in, you know, being there to support and, and pull his butt out of the fire from time to time. And hands down, she earned it. And, you know, that kind of goes back to, and, and it was nice to see that happen even in the short time frame of the show um, because it, it aligned with like prior things that we saw within Clint. Like during, again, going back to Age of Ultron, when Clint had the conversation with Wanda and he's like, <laughs> you know, it was kind of a funny moment in the middle of the battle where he, he's telling her, you know, you step out that door and you're a Avenger. You're an Avenger. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just a guy with a bow. Right. And he, and you know, that's, that's who Clint is. Like, he's just, he's the he gives people that benefit of the doubt mm, and yeah. believes in them over and over and over again. And at first it was like, he didn't want Kate to be involved because he didn't want her to get hurt. Right. Right. And then realized she's going to be a hero no matter what he does. And I think that, you know, that just kind of was something that he connected with. Like. For sure. And I think he had to, he went on a little bit of a journey himself. Like I really loved that moment. I don't remember which episode of my three, four, I don't remember one of the middle ones where, and gosh, was it when they got breakfast or was it even before that in the apartment where essentially Clint says, or, or Kate says, you should, you know, you're right. You should go, you should go be with your family at, at Christmas. And he's not, go oh no, later she says, something like sorry i'm screwing this up but she says something like after he said he's not a hero he's a weapon she says you're spending christmas away from your family to make sure that a stranger doesn't get hurt that's a hero you're yep. a hero mm -hmm. and it it's like it hadn't dawned on clint at least recently that he was really was a hero and that her saying that opened his eyes to who he is or at least who he can be yeah i thought that was a powerful moment i would agree i i would agree and there were some there were a number of powerful moments and there were a number of like really humorous moments and we got to see the introduction of a couple of new characters um and we got to see a character from another show come back Ooh, yeah um but you know i we saw a couple characters actually come back and like come through i want to talk about my favorite come through and it and it's not who you think it is it's yelena mm. 
right? Uh, who, by the way, my wife just thinks is the greatest like character outside of Venom to grace the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. And, you know, Florence Pugh does such a great job as Yelena. She's funny and sarcastic. Yes. And straightforward. And her interactions with Kate. So good. Do so you want good. macaroni and cheese? <laughs> like... <laughs> They're in the middle of fighting and Kate's like, stop making me like you. It was so good. Right. Oh, it was so good. so good with that full body throw thing. <laughs> yeah. The conversation that went between them was very yes. sisterly. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think was made like the heartbreak that you felt around uh, Yelena's still, you know, pain over losing Natasha. Yeah like even more so like just sure. seeing the way those two interacted um and it, her and clint at the end like yes right and elena's realization that clint didn't kill natasha yeah like she thought like natasha sacrificed herself and you know to save the world and that realization that Elena had and when she finally you know believed Clint because that's yeah. who Natasha was right and his line about I wasn't good enough to stop her and and her reaction is essentially yeah that tracks like you yeah, probably aren't right, right. <laughs> like yeah I mean that... that's it's truthful but it's also kind of funny and it's also kind of like that's Hawkeye's lot in life Mm -hmm. in the marvel universe right is to be always a little bit undervalued yeah yeah and, and, yeah despite the fact that like he he's is ass actually he's he's pretty badass like his turn is ronin right which is where a lot of this came from a lot of yeah. that you know this this storyline right. came from the wreckage of his turn as ronin especially with uh echo Yes. Maya, um, who was a new character we got introduced to. And, you know, I'm curious your take on Echo and Maya, especially with the idea that I believe she's getting her own show. So, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes, I guess. That's interesting. But I, uh, so I looked it up to get, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but uh, Aliqua Cox, hmm. Laqua, I don't know how you say, properly say her name. Is if she ever listens to this, we're sorry we're butchering your name. You're yes. very talented. Uh, she plays Maya Lopez. So I have read that um, Ms. Cox, the actress, is uh, native and actually a native person and actually deaf. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is what the character of Maya Lopez, Echo, is also depicted as in the comics. So I love that they did that with the casting. I think that was, that was really... A, a really good call yep. on the on Marvel's part there. I think the character herself was that one left me in our uh, three tiered radio system uh, whelmed at best. Yeah, the character herself, the character, the character arc and what Maya was tasked to do in this story. I was kind of meh. Yeah, I don't think it, I agree with you. It, for me, and we talked about this, I think last week, um, a, a little bit. For me, it's a, 
character I'm not hyper familiar with in the comics. Yeah. Um, I've only just started kind of coming across her in, you know, some books on the the Marvel Unlimited app, yeah. which by the way, Marvel still waiting for our official sponsorship um, <laughs> to get that out. Get on that, would you? Yeah, make that happen. Yeah. Um, but I, so I don't know enough about her. I mean, she just recently inhabited the Phoenix. Like she's right. got that power, which, so one for me, she's kind of a relative unknown character yeah um and two they didn't i i felt like and i don't think this is anything to do with the actor i think this is more to do with maybe suffering from trying to do too much by the writers in this in this particular case with this character like the tracksuit bros we didn't need a lot of like explanation and detail right. on yeah right we, we yeah. didn't need that. They were a group and they were funny and they played their part. Like it was yeah. great. Maya, I felt like is a much more complex character that needs more to her than what she was given. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, as an, as an, a character who's indigenous, an indigenous American, like really, wouldn't there have been a little more animosity between her and the Russian tracksuit bros, or if they were Russian, I don't know, Russian or Eastern European or something like there's, there's that place. How does she just all of a sudden become their leader? Like that part didn't exactly make a ton of sense, but I mean, whatever, it's fine. Like uh, nitpicks, I guess, but I, I'm happy if they, if they make her, give her her own show and they do it well, great, let's go. Um, yeah, so I'd love they, to learn more. Sure, like, yeah. I'm not opposed her, to learning more. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember she showed up in a couple of uh, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. Did she? Uh, ish, yeah, comics. Um, okay. But again, you know, she was part of like a team of like five or six. Right. Women that Captain Marvel was working with. And I, I just don't know enough about her. And her and her power set is Taskmaster. Yeah, but they didn't. I didn't really feel like they made use of that so much they didn't. in the show. Which like, was, which is a, a point of disappointment, I think, for myself, which is where it, I came in, you know, expecting a little bit more in that regard. Yeah. Right. And then it, like, they just, that there was never, no echo. There's Maya Lopez, but there was no echo. Exactly. Like she could fight. Yeah. But you didn't see her ability to like mimic the fighting uh the fighting style of somebody else right instantly like she's supposed to be able to do yeah and it just like so she fell flat yeah so i agree with you like whelmed it was like me eh. yeah um yeah. who else did we get introduced to we had kate we had maya oh somebody i was overwhelmed by though because i thought he was hilarious and had an interesting arc throughout the show where you thought he was a bad guy for a while. And then he turned out he was not swordsman. Oh yeah. So good. Yeah. Kind of just played him for laughs as kind of a joke of a character, which was pretty cool. I mean, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was an interesting arc. I thought maybe he was going to have a bit bigger role to play. Uh, didn't turn out that way and that's fine but um but the the scene where uh 
he and Kate are fencing and, and he looks away and that's when he displays his skill. Like that was, that was pretty cool. Right. Cause she gets angry and she's yeah. like, quit letting me win. Yeah. He's like, I'm not letting you win. And then she like comes at him when he's not looking at her and yeah. he like takes her in a just quick flurry. Yeah. And it, yeah, you just see suddenly like how good he really is. Right. Um, it was, it was a nice, so his story arc to me was interesting because he was portrayed as a villain simply because of Kate's reaction to him being with her mom. Mm, yeah. At the end of the day, that's why. Yeah. Was because Kate was dealing with unresolved issues around like losing her dad and all these other things. And it yeah. was coming out as, you know, she just, she couldn't believe this guy was like a good guy. There had to be something shady about him. There had to be something yeah. wrong. And then the moment where uh, he and Kate's mom are dancing in the living room yeah. and Kate's watching it and you see Kate soften. Right. And she says, I've never seen you this happy. Yeah. There's that, that moment. In Kate's defense, he did have a pretty villainous mustache. 100%. It was fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. But Swordsman has a very complex and complicated uh, history within the comics. And connection to Hawkeye. And in connection right? At least in some versions, like he was, he trained Hawkeye. He yeah. trained Clint Barton. Yeah. And, and at least in one version, in at least some comics, he named Clint as Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And I can't so, remember the actor's name. Uh, Tony, Dalton. Our... Tony Dalton. Tony Dalton. Yeah, Tony I got Dalton. the IMDb IMDb page. Uh, Perfect. At my fingertips here. To... So I, I thought Tony Dalton did a phenomenal job. I would like to see Tony Dalton as swordsman in more things. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty funny in the last episode where, where he could see it out of jail for, he's been jailed for killing somebody with a sword and he's walking around a formal party with a sword on his hip. <laughs> on his like hip weird flex but okay <laughs> right totally like weird flex but then you know what was really cool is at the end when we get the big reveal around mom yeah and kate realizes that he's not a bad guy yeah. and she apologizes right and yeah. realizes that she's wrong and he's out there with a sword <laughs> taking out all the bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Like just phenomenal. And his, but he's just very like happy go lucky kind of like, you know. Yeah. He just, had a nice funny moment right in the in the kitchen or whatever when he comes and he looks around and everybody's gone. He's like, I feel like I missed something. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh so I really liked his character. I yes. enjoyed him. He was a I <laughs> a perfect foil ah, for this ah, show. Ah nicely done thank you nicely i've been holding done. on to that one waiting for yeah. the right time yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so uh let's talk about the big reveal since it's been brought up around kate's mom because yeah. it led to a bigger reveal yes right because I, I don't know about you um but i like they did a really nice job of leading us down the line that swordsman was the bad guy yes yeah um, here they have the evidence of him being the CEO of the company, one of the front companies for the tracksuits. Which he wasn't. Which he wasn't. His, his relative 
uncle something gets killed with a sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So they just laid it out. And yeah. then we find out who's really behind it all. It's, it's really the mom. It's really mom. Yeah. Uh, Eleanor. Um, Eleanor. Eleanor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she's, and we find out that she's the bad guy because there's two things that get revealed. Right. Yeah. Uh, the first one was that she hired Elena yeah. to kill Clint. Dear Lord. And then Dave. Which at first you're kind of like, well, is that under sort of that, is that out of the, the scene by the elevator where she tries to tell Clint to leave it, you know, to let it go and, and just go home and not worry about it. And he says he can't. Like, is she trying to, at first you think maybe, she, maybe there's a twisted version of mom being overprotective, like trying to look out for her daughter to keep her from being hurt by taking out Clint. Right. But that's not really it, I don't think. I don't think so either. Because the second mom reveal is she works for Kingpin. Yes. The and Kingpin. And not the, just any like random Kingpin, but no, Vincent. De, I always say it's Norfrio. Norfrio, his Kingpin from the Daredevil Dare. show. Yes. Oh my gosh. Remember last week when I squealed about uh, Matt Murdock being in the MCU? Like, they yeah. really are bringing, seem to be bringing that world of the Marvel Netflix shows into the proper MCU now with a second character now with kingpin from those shows yeah officially in the in the mcu pretty pretty great great. pretty fun unless of course kingpin's now dead i don't think so though i don't think so either i i don't think that's the case i think that uh you know because we didn't see it yeah right we're supposed to think he's dead but there's no way there's no way he's actually dead no way he's such a big like if you know anything about the comics right kingpin is such a central figure through so many and we talked about this uh a little bit in the no way home review i think is that you know there's a you've got kingpin who plays a pivotal role in both the lives of matt murdoch and peter parker right right and now that we've seen matt murdoch and peter parker together on screen Uh right it would make sense that we keep kingpin as as a main you know it's kind of a main player sure and clint was kind of scared of him Mm -hmm. and not scared maybe that's too strong but was certainly concerned about him didn't wasn't relishing the idea of confronting him right well and i think part of that though it is and i don't know if you you picked up on this but it seemed that as ronan uh he did some work for kingpin in taking out bad guys so that as and it's and that seemed to be part how he knew kingpin right is he didn't want to have to okay i did not pick up on that yeah go back and watch episode five maybe um and see but there are there are some nods to the idea that when clint was ronan he would take jobs from anybody as long as it pointed to him at bad guys Mm. okay um interesting yeah which made sense because he was in so much pain and just right lashing out right right yep man once Um, again every single hero has some sort of grief angle to why they're doing what they're doing yeah um maya kate clint all of them 
yeah, Kate's was huge, right? Right. Why did Kate love like Clint so much? Because during the first Avengers, like during the Chitari invasion, yeah, that killed her dad, killed her dad, and she looked outside and saw Clint with a yeah. bow and arrow. Yeah, you know, two sticks in a string. Yeah, two sticks in a string fighting all the aliens, which was uh, yeah. I, I, like, of course, you're gonna have hero worship when you yeah. see that. Yeah, and it made sense that it led her down the path that she yep. wound up. But um, back to Kingpin. Such an interesting arc for Mom, to have suddenly reveal like she's the mastermind behind sending swordsmen to jail and putting the hit out on Clint and all these things because she works for Kingpin. And can we appreciate? Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's, I, I swear I'm, we're mispronouncing his name. And if he ever listens to this, and we are, please uh, feel free to send me an email and explain to me how to say your name the right way. <laughs> and I will print that out, frame it, and hang it on my wall. Um, but his acting ability, playing Kingpin, where he goes from what seems like this very soft, caring, like figurehead to instantly, like you can tell he's this ruthless crime boss. Yeah. That there's a, <clears throat> there's a deep reservoir of anger and violence just below that kind of sort of soft veneer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and like, and he's, he's and ready kill. to explode at any moment. Yeah. And he'll kill anybody. Yeah. yeah. Like he considers Maya, you know, to be like a niece and orders her death. Yeah. Right. Like doesn't have the moral block that tells him you have an emotional attachment. You care about this person. Don't do that. That just <laughs> like, right. If it gets in his way, if he feels that it's not in line with his goals, you're toast. Yes. Um, yeah, just phenomenal actor and great character. Uh, Dave, you had a little bit of a struggle with him kind of in the episode. Yeah, I thought maybe he was a little OP. Um, Can you and explain what OP is for our <laughs> listeners, please? <laughs> that's... I just, that's what, uh, that's what my teenage son calls it with the, in the video game world that he's a little overpowered. Um, and we did an episode on people that are characters that are overpowered, underpowered, whatever. And his, I think is one Kingpin is one who fluctuates quite a bit. Um, I'm a little confused on how he just shrugs off a, an arrow to the chest, unless he's got some sort of protective, you know, protective, uh, vest underneath the, the Hawaiian shirt. And or just has it woven into his shirt. Like I could see right. him being that kind of, you know, he's got that yeah, kind of wealth sure. that he could, you could explain away, explain it away that way. But, um, you know, he seemed maybe a little overstrong with punching people like 10 feet around and just throwing stuff around. But I, so I thought maybe he was a little overpowered in that fight scene with Kate Bishop. But um, as you said uh, the other day, uh, when we were talking offline that just that that's kind of how that character goes there are moments when he's like extraordinarily strong and other moments where he seems just kind of like a guy yeah and 
you know, there's, there's different takes on him in the comics and, um, you know, they, there was a thing on, on Instagram. I, I don't know if it's, uh, from the Instagram account, Marvel true facts. Maybe if you guys don't follow that one, I, I would suggest it. They do some really nice, like fact digging and bringing stuff to light. Um, but and I think it was them that pointed out that Wilson Fisk has very little body fat actually on his body. And he has reached like a peak level of human muscle mass performance, making him very, very dense mm. and extremely strong and extremely powerful, which gives him the ability to go toe to toe with like some of the super powered, like folks that don't have like the peak strength. Like we're talking about like with Hulk or something like that, but can, you know, go up against like a, a Captain America and okay. kind of hold his own for a little bit. Yeah. Um, however, one of my favorite like Spider-Man story arcs, Wilson Fisk goes after like Aunt May and Mary Jane while he's in prison. He sends out these orders and uh, Peter goes to prison and wipes the floor with Wilson in front of everybody inside of the prison. Uh, because as he describes it, Fisk is just a guy mm. and Peter is, you know, super strong. Right. Right. And constantly pulling his punches. Peter is. Yeah. But he stops and yeah. like just beats Wilson <laughs> like senseless. Wow. Um, so, you know, it, it's, but yeah, it, we saw with the spider verse movie, a very overpowered kingpin. I, yeah. I felt in that in this one a little more believable i the arrow thing i was like okay probably the guy who has stuff woven into his clothes yeah you know crime boss so it, it goes through the clothes but it doesn't pierce his organs or anything like that it's gonna stop whatever. it right. like yeah. somehow so yeah yeah and um, the surprise moment of that like where he just shrugs that off and like kate's like oh dear lord what you know, just what in her eyes, she's like, what, what is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was good. So, and, and again, I really, I love that they bring that character in and what it means for potentially bringing in all of the, yeah. the Netflix show world, Netflix shows world. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see, uh, see them bring John Bernthal in and have the Punisher be part of it. I thought his take on Frank Castle and the Punisher was yeah. the best live action version of all time and For actually sure. finally got a really good Punisher, um, on screen. Yeah. Uh, Luke Cage, as we both talked about, uh, just like the perfect casting on that one. Yep. So right. good. But back to Hawkeye here for a few minutes. How about some uh, some little things? Like I'm looking at your background and uh, the we know that for this series, uh, Matt Fraction was a how to producer, executive producer, or consultant. Something. Or something like he had a part in it. Yeah, he had a part in it, and he was the the main writer for uh, now iconic run on the, yeah, the Hawkeye like my book. My favorite run. That your your background, the the pictures there come from that. Um, on my background, the pizza, Lucky the Pizza Dog, and whatever the dude is over Hawkeye's shoulder, I forget what that guy was all about, but those two come from that same comic run, and I love, like, just the little things, like, look at, at your background, John, the Kate Bishop's got multiple bandages on her face, and that was a 
thing throughout that whole run in the comics that they she and clint both always had little like yep bandages bandages like across the nose nicks and scratches and that was just one of those tiny little details that was present throughout this series and yeah. even at the end like when they you know it's christmas day and they're back at the house they both still have the bandages the white bandages across the across the nose across the face like multiple times on their face like i love that little touch yeah it, it you know that little touch and the fact that we got to see clint finally get uh he got the the costume from yes. that iconic run as well yes which was phenomenal like that was so cool I, I i liked the interaction with the larpers that also like that group at the end that got into costume and they're yeah. like we're basically avengers yeah <laughs> like, the the little bits of humor that showed up uh -huh. you know but and naming the one guy grills which was one of the characters in the in that mad fraction run like i like that they brought that in that was a nice little touch yeah it you know because that run is is my favorite uh, we talked about it right before we started recording. So good. And it's so good. The art, the storytelling, everything about it, you know, is just phenomenal. Um, I just thought of this too. Like there's multiple times in that story arc where Hawkeye, Clint says to Kate Bishop, I got to do this. Like, leave me, don't, don't follow me kind of yeah. thing. And, and then she does and she saves his bacon. And we got that a couple of times in the show. Right. Too. Yeah. Um, I love that we got Lucky the pizza dog. Yeah. Oh, so good. Like, talk about uh, a little ad that wasn't necessary, but yeah. meant so much to fans, right? Yeah. Uh, and that they fed him pizza. <laughs> right? So good. Yeah. So good. Um, I think, you know, as, as far as we're talking about, like, the little things that were great, uh, the really small but highly important and revealing arc of the watch yeah let sure yes absolutely right um i personally thought like when the watch was introduced at the at the auction that it had yeah. something like some kind of thing from tony stark that yeah. we were gonna get like hey this is like one of those weird things that tony made that can do like some real damage and right. when we got to the end right that wasn't the case no it was not he gives it to uh he gives it to his wife whose name is laura right mm -hmm. i think the character's name is laura yeah uh and he, she turns it and you know and he says something about you know keep better track of your things <laughs> so it's clearly her watch and she turns right. it over and it's got the shield symbol on it and inscribed with 19. mm-hmm and who was Agent 19, John? Mockingbird, Dave. Yes. Mockingbird. Yes. And there's a whole series of comics from the 80s, I think, when uh, Clint Barton and Mockingbird get married. Yeah. Um, which was such a great reveal to see okay. that come full circle after so many, like, so much of her being brought through the stories of the avengers you know the other movies yeah but you really got to see her at work a little bit you could tell she wasn't just you know little wifey sitting at home she was she was a an integral part of this yes. case as it were helping him looking stuff up they were talking in german at one point i think just as a way to like not not let the kids in on what was going on 
Um, mm-hmm. Which was an interesting, like, little subtle reveal. You're like, whoa, hey, yeah, like she's got some skills, right? Like, that we aren't aware of, yeah. So um, that was huge as a way to end. That was really cool to you get that that little reveal. The question it raises, though, is that I, as I understand it, the the Agents of Shield TV show is part of the larger MCU. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we've already had a, a different actor playing Bobby Morse, who's Mockingbird, and it was the Bobby Morse Mockingbird whom Clint married in the comics. So right. we seem to have two Mockingbirds, which when I brought that up, you said... We have two Hawkeyes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. you can give the name to somebody else. Yeah, you can give the name to whoever you want. As a matter of fact, one of the cool things about the end, right, is Kate, and when they're back at like Clint's house... And Kate's talking about names, right? Because she's excited. She's finally been accepted as a hero. Yeah. She gets to live her dream of being a yeah. hero and helping people and, and uh, become what she has been inspired to become. And she's running through like all these different names that Clint's like, nope, nope, no. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I have an idea. And then it ends, uh-huh. right? With the, like, with the title card. Yeah, with the title card, which is so good, like that, you know, Clint's going to share that name with her um, after all that they've been through. But it also leads to, so does that mean he's retiring? Mm, Yeah. In the comics, they both have just existed as Hawkeye. Right. And you get a little bit of that banter like we did with uh, Spider-Man where, hey, Spider-Man, okay, yeah, what do you need, Spider-Man? Let's do this, Spider-Man. Like you get a little bit of that. Hawkeye, go do this. Okay, Hawkeye, I'll do that. Like where they just kind of, they use yeah. the name in, in a playful way for each other. So they, they can both exist as Hawkeye, I guess. Yeah, and I don't see why not. I mean, it's they both exist in the comics as Hawkeye, yeah. right? Uh, and we have some big storylines coming up in the next like few years that should end up being pretty expansive. It'll be interesting to see what Marvel does with the, uh, the OG Avengers that are left. Mm-hmm in stories going forward so which brings to uh you know and i know we're <clears throat> this is going to be a little bit of a sidebar as we always tend to do but we talked about this a little bit right with them bringing in daredevil into spider-man yeah. we've got you know hawkeye we've got if they start to bring in more of the characters so let's say they bring in jessica jones let's say they bring in luke cage mm-hmm. let's say you know, we get a uh, Danny Rand doesn't need to be the one from the show, but those guys formed an Avengers team, right? Right. At one point that had no, like no Captain America, but if we, so it's entirely possible. We could see a new Avengers team that has Hawkeye that has Spider-Man that has Luke Cage that has Jessica that has uh, Sam Wilson as Captain America, you know, so that's, it's entirely feasible that we see that happen with the way they're setting things up. We are, my understanding too, is we're also seeing them set up, uh, like a young Avengers or a Thunderbolts as well. Right. Um, with us agent and the new black widow and Baron Zemo and all these other characters, but we're going to get Iron Heart. We've got She Hulk coming, which, yes. um, you know, so excited it, for that. The uh, Tatiana Maisley, isn't that the, the, yeah. the actor's name that plays She Hulk? She was so great. If anybody, if you watched, oh gosh, what was the name of her show? 
where she played like a dozen different characters. Mm, I don't remember. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Anyway, now I'm gonna have to look that but, up. But uh, you yeah. know, and in hers, like now, now that we've had uh, Charlie Cox, you know, brought back into the universe and as part of Spider Man, he's like they're talking about that like, he has a significant role in She Hulk. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So I, I mean, this. So that's the other part of of this series for me that I kind of got excited. Is it set up a number of new characters? like introduced a number of new characters, further developed like Black Widow, further developed Kingpin, and is opening yet another series of doors to create new teams. And now we're at that place where how many teams are we going to get? Yeah. What direction are they going to go? We have... Uh, then we got all the guys in space. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the guys in space. Nick Fury out in yeah. space. Out in space for the last... We're going to have the scrolls. Yeah, right. right. Orphan Secret Black. Invasion. Tatiana Maslany was uh, the main character in Orphan Black, which is a tremendous show if you haven't watched it. That's I have not watched fun. that one. That's a, that's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Orphan Black? Orphan Black. Okay. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, really yeah, so there's a lot of different directions they could go. Um, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, for me at least, if we didn't mention another moment that they brought from the matt fraction comic series that they brought into the show and that was the the car chase with the 72 charger or whatever i'm not a car guy but like definitely <laughs> old car chase and uh in that car like that was yeah. the car that they were that hawkeyes were in in the show or sorry in the, in in the, the comic. comics um <laughs> that maya was driving that but then and then the pim arrow like that was so much fun the pim arrow the both okay, times so all the trick arrows and, yeah. and some of like Kate's reaction to like their yeah. arrows worse than that one, yeah, more dangerous than that one, <laughs> more dangerous yeah. than that one. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, and we got to see like how those trick arrows come about and yeah. you know, that Clint actually makes those arrows. Like where were they? I, I didn't really understand where they were when they were making those arrows. I don't know, but you know what? Like I, I stopped caring where right. people were, <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, yeah. After the, after the, uh, Yelena and Kate macaroni and cheese, like dinner conversation, <laughs> I was like, if this is how it's going to be, they can be anywhere they want. As long as these are the conversations and interactions yeah, that we're getting. Sure. Oh, here's a question for you. Yeah. Where do you think in the timeline, um, this takes place? Like ha at that point has Yelena, Yelena, has she been to natasha's grave yet and ben can been approached by uh yes yeah by what's her name who am i she absolutely of? has to be because remember that uh madam hydra julia louise dreyfus yes, yes right tells her that if not outright at least leads into the fact that or the idea that hawkeye was the one that killed natasha Ooh. All right. I think we're going to have to go back and watch that scene again. So, which is interesting because, I mean, clearly Julia Louis-Dreyfus is trying to set up a team to recruit and she's got some other stuff going on. Yeah. Right. Some ulterior for, motives for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so there was an attempt there to turn Yelena against Hawkeye. And uh, now Yelena is very, like her, she's going to be very different. Right, because she knows that he didn't do it and that somebody lied to her about him 
killing Natasha. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's clearly after she finds that out. Um, you know, she's, she's obviously like angry at Clint feels yes, that Clint yeah. is the one that killed Natasha. Yeah. And you know, that and was, she was going to do it anyway. She's happy to get paid to kill him. Right. That was kind of the thing, right? She was going to do it anyway. And now she's just going to collect a paycheck to do it, but she would have done it for free. Yeah. Um, so it just, yeah, I think that's where that falls into that timeline. The, the other question is, does it fall like in the further like expanded timeline? Are we pre multiverse? Are we post multiverse? I'm going to assume pre, um, right? Are we looking at it in terms of like, is it running close to Falcon and Winter Soldier timeline? Hmm. Yeah. Like, that's a good question. I got to feel like we're pre multiverse or not everybody noticed that the multiverse was a thing yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we would have had some things maybe that crept into Hawkeye. Maybe that's why Hawkeye started before Spider-Man No Way Home came out to be that thing that just kind of like the last round of things that happen before the multiverse kind of explodes and goes nuts and does its damage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Are we going to get another season of this show? Are we going to get another season of Falcon and Winter Soldier? Are we going to I, Loki is the only one I know of that has been greenlit so far for a second season. Um, so I don't know what they're setting up. I feel like there's a color joke there, but I'm I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Loki being the one that gets green. Yeah, it's greenlit. Yeah. Um, or are they just they're doing all this now to build into Secret Invasion? which is going to be a massive it has to be a massive event we're talking yeah like and, and it brings up question and i feel like this could be a whole episode unto itself but like will we get to see some of the characters that are gone from the mcu brought back in right to kind of play play on the heartstrings of characters and you know set things up like because mm -hmm. that was that was a big part of it like everybody thought cap was gone right during secret invasion there were there were literally heroes that during the secret invasion storyline i believe it's been a long time since i read it but i believe that everybody thought they had lost right pretty sure mockingbird was one of those yeah and then we find out like a bunch of them are on like a spaceship somewhere. Right. And, you know, they showed back up and it's interesting. It's, yeah. it'll be, I think more ambitious than anything Marvel has done yet. Yeah. Could very well be. If it's not, it's going to be disappointing because that's just such a big storyline. You can't just do that. Like half-assed. I don't think. No, I think you almost have to make it like the longest series of all of them too i think you got to take it past six episodes i think yeah. you got to go to like 12 yeah right because if you're making if it was made into a movie i feel like you're looking at two and a half three hours per sure. installment yeah. Yeah. in a trilogy to be able to go like all the way through yeah well before we get down that uh, tangent too much so uh what's your what's your rating in our patented coffee and capes 
rating system of overwhelmed, whelmed, or underwhelmed, what do you give Hawkeye? I would give it an overwhelmed. I enjoyed it. I thought it paid really more than anything else we've seen outside of like Sam's suit in when he becomes Captain America. I thought this paid homage to a classic run of a a fantastic character um, and did it in a way that just really like stayed true to the source material, which is huge. Yeah. Well, do we get points off for the Rogers, the musical? (laughs) How'd you think of, how was that as the, uh, the end credits thing or just, just more of the musical with zero uh, commentary on it. Like that. So (laughs) Dave, I sent you a meme yesterday that Rachel sent me and uh, I sent it to uh, Nick and Brian as well. And Nick was like, it wouldn't surprise me if they were actually like, making that into a thing (laughs) and i said i agree and out of morbid curiosity i hands down would go see it for sure but i'll be honest the end credit scene i was like i can't believe i just sat through that expecting something else (laughs) yeah it's pretty funny though i like that they went for it yeah Yeah, right and they did a really good job oh for sure and honestly if if somebody was going to make a broadway play about <clears throat> the roger story that's probably how it would go like that's pretty much yes that's yeah. that's pretty much how it goes pretty great i did like uh before you give your rating for the show the one other little nod when clint went to go see it and his kids are like dad like that's pretty accurate and he's like yeah but that other guy wasn't there <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. right talking about like ant-man, Scott Ant-Man Lane. Lane. yeah yeah, yeah. he's like he wasn't there <laughs> right what you know it's all right um so dave what about you patented rating system what do you give it yeah so i will admit that having seen this the sixth episode so soon after spider-man i feel like everything right now is going to suffer from the spider-man problem in that Spider-Man No Way Home is so damn good that pretty much everything else pales in comparison. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm trying not to let that overwhelm my uh, my rating. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, and so I too will give it a, an overwhelmed. I think overall, just what you said, it's it does such a good job of bringing, especially that Matt Traction run. Um, to life and it was really fun and hawkeye is a great character and and I, both hawkeyes now are great characters and yeah and all the other things that we just talked spent an hour and whatever talking about yeah yep. overwhelmed. it was good i i i really enjoyed it yeah okay. even if me the too. last episode for me just felt a hair lesser because of the height that spider-man gets to totally yeah agree but still on its own on its own accord. Phenomenal. Great yes. job. Um, all right. Well, with that being said. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks again for hanging out. Uh, let us know what you thought of Hawkeye. Uh, what, what did, what did we miss? What, uh, what questions did you bring up? And maybe we'll bring, bring your question to the next uh, fan fiction segment next time. Absolutely. Thanks again, Nicole, for sending in your fan fiction uh, question. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody. Well, uh, are we trying out a tagline here? Uh, until next time, true believers. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.